Welcome to the show. I'm Riley. I'm David. I'm James. Nope. nope. Don't lie. Right at the beginning like that. <laughs> we'll never trust <laughs> what you. What is your again. name? Uh, it's Ploof. Let's just go with Ploof. Or, or are you James pretending to be? No, I don't do. I don't do a very good James. <laughs> Today impression. we're discussing John Carpenter's 1982 horror classic, The Thing. Mm-hmm. We'll laugh. We'll argue. We might get a little too into it, but at the end of the day, they're just movies, guys. Spoiler alert. We're like. <laughs> I would love to. Have I was done trying that. to do the thing sound. It didn't work. I was told not to. Um, next cool week, moan. excuse me. I said they do a cool moan. They do. Yeah. We'll talk about that next week. We're doing Stranger Things season four. Heck yeah! Because volume two is coming out. Yep. I'm uh, sh- yeah, I'm actually very excited. It's yeah. like two movies in one. I'm so stoked. Uh, do you watch Stranger Things? Please. Yeah, I've seen all four seasons except for half of season four now. Oh dang! Yeah, I- I'm super stoked to talk about that. But this week it's all about. Things, uh, yes. David. What do you get? What do you think about this movie? The thing is to aliens what speed is to Die Hard. A messier duplicate of a near perfect film with just enough of its own spin that makes it worth a watch even today. Seven point six out of ten. Wait, what? What do you mean? A duplicate of some, what? Alien. Oh, mm, wait, alien. Interesting. Aliens. Yeah, this is just fucking alien in Antarctica, bro. The alien can't assimilate people that's like the one thing that it can do that's what i'm saying enough of its own spin oh, that it makes it worth the watch okay i thought this was pretty original it's pretty cool it's a cool idea wait it's oh, a book that's my own thoughts i'm not pushing back yet yeah. it's time for ploof <laughs> it's a book first of all welcome to the podcast ploof. hey what's up how do you feel i feel pretty great you know i'm here we're talking about the thing a you, good movie. <laughs> you wanted to rewatch it, you said. Yeah, I saw this uh, first years ago because, I mean, it's from 1982 and I grew up renting old classic movies from uh, an actual video rental store. I know. It's not really a thing anymore. If you maybe some of our audience was alive for yeah. that part. Mm. Um, but so I've seen this as a kid, never all the way through just because, you know, oh. it's kind of kind of scary. Oh, interesting. So as a child, I would like skip certain parts. Mm. Um, but I think it's a pretty good classic horror movie that still holds up today. The practical effects aren't perfect, but they're amazing for the time, and they don't distract in a bad way. I like the mystery and paranoia that slowly takes Mm. over the camp, Mm. and I think that knowing how it ends doesn't necessarily hurt at least one or two rewatches, because instead you start looking for clues that you didn't catch before. Um, Mm. I actually really Mm. like it. I'd give it like an eight and a half out of ten. Eight and a half? Yeah. Wow, that's strong. I think it's a classic. But are you on the rating system of like five is right in the middle? (laughs) Yeah. Which is what makes the most sense. Yeah. If it's, if it's above five, you liked it. If it's yeah. below four, four or five, a, you're like, four no. Four is like a not great movie, yeah. but it's not the worst, the worst. See, but the stars to number translation, that's not mathematical. Okay, we're, Anyways, not, we'll we're get not getting into, into, that. into this. We'll get into Here's that. Here's my uh, slogan. Here's the thing. Uh, that's what I wanted wow. to say. Oh. This movie largely holds up despite a few stylistic choices that seem strange compared to modern horror films. Uh, it had a weird start, a strong rising action, good characterization, good dilemmas, and a disappointing ending. Mm. For me, it's a 7 out of 10. Yeah. I did not expect to like this movie as, as, much, as much as I did. But it was, uh, I think, partially because of the shocks. Yeah. Some of the shock value in this in this movie is great, especially yeah. for 1982. I'm oh just like, that is that must have been mind-blowing. Yeah. It's pretty wild. I think the movie does a really good job of giving you just the right amount of of reward to mystery to unveiling to uh, to paranoia. It mm. feels like a very easy movie to get through. I did not. Yeah. I really enjoyed my time watching it. It like kind of slowly unfolds and you keep getting a nugget of information just fast enough until it turns into like more of an action movie. Mm. Like, why are they shooting at the dog? What happened to the camp? Just like this is going to turn into reading about our sponsor. Hey, there it is. Uh, this video video episode is sponsored by Secret Lab. Secret Lab chairs are designed to keep you comfortable for those long nights of work and play. Their Titan Evo 2022 series chair offers four-way lumbar support for each of your four lumbars. <laughs> Comes with a magnetic memory foam head pillow and is offered in different upholsteries like hybrid leatherette, soft weave fabric, and Napa leather. I love the way it sounds. Best of all, a five-year extended warranty is included along with a 49-day return policy, so you're covered if anything goes wrong. Learn more about Secret Lab at lmg.gg slash secretlabtjm. We're also brought to you by Athletic Greens. Between being short on time and finding an option that tastes great, getting all of your vitamins and nutrients can be tough. 
Well, Athletic Greens is here to help. Each scoop of AG1 has 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens. I don't know what half of those things are. To help you start your day healthy. It's got less than one gram of sugar and no nasty chemicals or artificial additives while still tasting great. Each pack costs you less than $3 a day, and to make it even easier, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com TJM. Again, that is athleticgreens.com TJM to add AG1 to your health routine and secure your free gift with purchase today. The Thing about this movie <laughs> I I want to start with the good stuff there's lots of good stuff which yeah. to me one of the biggest things is Kurt Russell oh yeah, yeah. I freaking love this guy yeah. I mean I, I'm not like a big Kurt Russell fan or whatever I feel like I've there's this kind of period of time is a era that is kind of missing from my hmm. film really ba- uh, experience I feel like I haven't seen a ton of movies from around this period. Well, you know, I saw like Back to the Future and the original Star Wars and stuff. Sure. But like a lot of these horror movies that we've watched, like Alien and whatnot, from around the late seventies, eighties, are uh, I wasn't. I don't know what to expect. I don't know what to go in expecting, and I was just like pleasantly surprised. Yeah. He's like kind of the god or king of horror. A lot of people describe him that way. He made huh. Halloween. In 1978. Oh, you're talking about John, John Carpenter. Carpenter. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. I meant? I'm like Kurt oh, Russell. Kurt Russell. Oh. <laughs> Big John horror Carpenter guy. Too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He because he doesn't. He barely seems like a horror protagonist in this. Yeah. He's like he's just guy. like I'm a badass. Yeah. Yeah. I'm walking around with a flamethrower. Watch I, out. I like his characterization a lot in terms of making him not this hero. He's just trying to survive, and yeah. he's being pretty reasonable about everything he's trying to do. Like he's. Not making these out of left field choices that will allow the monster to get a get a get its fangs into people. He's right. Like they're he's he's realistic. He's making the right choices and he's likable in all the ways that matter. And so he's pretty like perfect for the being at the inside of this movie. Yeah, especially for this setup, which is just like there's a bunch of people in a in a station. There's a threat. We need a you know an army guy. He's a helicopter pilot. To take command and uh, you know make sure we don't all die because like it's honestly at the beginning characterization of him where he's playing chess against the computer oh, I love it. and he loses he and he's like chess wizard yeah he's like <laughs> stupid thing or whatever and he like <laughs> destroys. He, he destroys the computer I'm like jeez <laughs> so well even before this guy seems that unstable the first frame of him is his hand in an ice bucket grabbing ice and I'm like yeah. That just tells you he's just like an impulsive, like just you know, get in there kind of guy. Like right. he, he he has he doesn't really hesitate. He just gets what he wants and does what he needs, and so it it works for this movie. Man, it's such great characterization. Just one scene. I have more I want to talk about with him. How hot he is, buddy. Yeah, he's pretty smoking. Yeah, I showed him. It feels like he's wearing eyeliner in a lot of the movie, though. That's what Lauren was saying. We yeah. were watching, and she's like, that. "He is wearing a ton of makeup." Yeah. yeah. And but there are there are numerous uh, shots where they their faces look like super super pale and i think it's supposed to be there because there's outside but i think they put makeup on this well this is all stuff we should get into after yes. i talk about the synopsis what happened uh rj mccready that's kurt russell is a helicopter pilot stationed at an american research station in antarctica where a stray sled dog takes refuge after being chased by murderous norwegians <laughs> i hate when that happens <laughs> after being forced to shoot the last norwegian in self-defense station commander gary sends mccready and dr copper to investigate the nearby norwegian base the men find the station destroyed but bring back the charred remains of a malformed humanoid soon after the sled dog mutates and absorbs the other station dogs before being incinerated by crew member childs who has a nice rivalry with mccready the biologist Blair theorizes during the autopsy that the thing can kill and imitate other organisms and runs a simulation predicting that the creature could assimilate all life on Earth in a matter of years. Blair then goes insane, sabotages the station's vehicles, and destroys the radio, forcing the crew to lock him in a tool shed as the station descends into chaos. McCready takes command, but the crew members, unable to trust each other, are slowly picked off, both by the Thing and themselves. Eventually, recognizing they won't escape alive, McCready, Gary, and Nalls rig the station with dynamite. After the Thing kills Gary and Nalls, McCready then triggers the explosives, destroying the station. I, like, skipped a whole bit in the beginning, but it's just people dying. Yeah. Childs appears and tells McCready he got lost in the storm. Exhausted and freezing to death, the two men share a bottle of scotch whiskey. As the station burns. So you don't like the ending. 
I like the end end. I think that the ending is it, it, it I don't necessarily have a problem with the like what actually happens. Okay. I have a problem with the way that it's presented. It ended more abruptly than I thought it was going 100%. to end. I expected I, there to be more. When he throws the dynamite to like have the final like this is it motherfucker moment which yeah. it, I was like, "Wait, that's the end of the monster? This is the end of the wait, this is the end of the movie?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was abrupt. It didn't feel like the climax. Right. I really like the 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 like the resolve after when they're just kind of sitting in front of each other like yeah. are you the monster are you the monster I don't know doesn't matter like we're fucking yeah. dead anyway yeah, who cares dude <laughs> yeah I actually thought that was a great little ending uh, perfect horror thing where it's not like they everyone died but it they kind of did yeah um, but yeah the climax didn't really make me climax you know <laughs> <laughs> emotionally but mentally yeah, yeah or it, physically because like they do that like whole action sequence where yeah he the the ground rises up and starts coming at him oh like it, the wave of, yeah, yeah the wave of I ground. was like what, what? the fuck <laughs> because every, every scene up till then we had seen the thing just kind of sit yeah. there and go ah yeah, throw some stuff at people <laughs> and then all of a sudden it's like whoa it can dig through the earth well, like was super it like, fast yeah. a stronger form of it like was it like there was secretly one building the whole time that we didn't know about i, I or think is it just like hey, this could have done it the whole time we just didn't yeah see it I, I don't know i feel like the implication yeah. was that it had amassed enough like biomass mm. to like become this sort of crazy tentacle monster under the station sure and so that's what we see and then when the 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 the, the mutated man part and oh, then the yeah. dog bursts out of it like that comes up from the ground so it's like sick. oh this is just part of the monster yeah but it was it was so unexpected and weird i was like wait what yeah <laughs> it was like it was kind of jarring because i was like this just seems like they wanted this moment of like oh brrr, and all the boards come up but it doesn't seem like someone probably figured out how to do that and they're like Hey, yeah, and really it, it does look this. cool. To be it, fair. it does. Yeah, it's, it, looks it looks super cool, yeah. cool and it's it's shocking. But yep. at the same time, I, there's like dissonance in my brain because I'm like, they haven't showed the monster would be capable of doing this. But no, I do think that the visuals in in terms of the special effects are the strength of the movie. Mm, like, the, yeah. there's a lot of good elsewhere, but I think all of the horror moments when the monsters transforming or absorbing people, all that stuff, is awesome. Yeah, it's so much fun, and like obviously, it's like a little campy in some in some ways by, by modern standards but i think that's the charm i think yeah. it's yeah. so fun when like a little dog head comes out of a chest or like <laughs> i my one of my Just favorite scenes exactly when the, the hand yeah. goes through the chest they get bitten off <laughs> yeah uh, and then or when the head opens up and grabs the dude and starts swinging oh, him around yeah, and good. it's clearly just like a, a like a not properly filled dummy being sw- yeah. swung around that stuff's so fun but then there's some that are genuinely so unsettling like mm. when the head separates from the body and its tongue's trying to whip around to grab something to to like yeah. pull itself away before it can transform into the spider yeah. it's horrifying it it's so like unsettling just watching that head like slowly drip down oh, like being separated parts, yeah. yeah that's one of the parts when i was a kid that i would actually stop the movie at is yeah. when the head detaches and it starts crawling away oh jeez. <laughs> Yeah, that was crazy. And then I love how right after that, the the legs come out and it's like slowly like skittering out the door and they like see it and they're like, what? The oh, come on. <laughs> or whatever he says. I forget what he says, but they're just like, what the fuck? Yeah, I was worried that they would let it get away. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I appreciate that, that they don't really let the monster just like get away. And they're like, oh, no, what are we going to do? It's like yeah. they usually kill the monsters that they're confronted with. But it's just like it's active enough that we haven't seen it. Like, yeah, full but this spread. is what I'm. Okay, so I was really confused early on about what, how it worked, because mm. I was like, okay, originally I thought that this was going to be like one being that will, <clears throat> it will like kill you and then take your form. Mm-hmm. No, but then what it what it actually is is it's like it can infect you. Yeah, it's like a virus. Yeah, yeah, it's basically just a virus. Yeah. And then, like, I, I guess it reproduces every time. Like, every they kill it multiple times, but then every time they kill it, it's like a, uh, it reproduced a little thing and that thing escaped. Yeah. yeah, or it's already infected someone else. And so now they're, like, it doesn't matter that it killed the second I, I, I don't think that it's just, like, infecting the people. I think it's absorbing them and spitting out one that looks just like them. Absorbing them. Yeah. That's what I was confused about. The dogs. So it's like, that's why the dogs are all deformed. It's not because it's absorbing the dog. It's because it's already absorbed the dog and it's forming another dog, but it hasn't had time to fully form it. Yeah. I think think that's what. So it absorbs the body completely. Yes. And then it creates another full body. Yeah. 
that's part of it that then walks off and does its own thing but it takes time it's all like like the the one dude barrett or whatever who, who they catch running away but his hands haven't formed yeah it's he looks like him but they, you've seen the other one be killed or be absorbed or whatever and he's like running away yeah that makes sense yeah so he's forming into him but they need more time than they often get to fully transform so like in my so but that's why i was confused because at the end palmer palmer's the one where his head splits in half so good. and kills windows but um palmer just seems normal up i i thought that that was a situation where okay palmer got some like got infected he got some blood on him or something mm-hmm. and then he's slowly changing from the inside to like become a thing but that's, no, but, they've been. He's been a thing the whole. That's in order the for you to, I was under though too, right? Because a, a lot of fan. It's theories, just like cells. Yeah, a lot of fan theories have to do with how it can infect you with just a bit of DNA or whatever. So right. when mm. they pass the joint early in the movie, they're like, "Well, what if he's already infected?" And then he passes the joint over, and then he infects them with the saliva on the on the paper. Wait, did you watch the director's cut? I watched the remastered version. That's the, what I watched. Okay, with how the, long was it? Uh, like an hour and 48 or something. Okay, like yeah. yeah. I think we watched the same one. Wait, is that what you meant when you said director's cut? I, I guess so. You asked me before yeah. the podcast whether Which we'd watch the director's cut or not, but I don't know I don't know what the deal is. I think I watched that. the same one as you. I just watched what... Uh, the one on Plex. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Um, I think another real big strength of the movie is that sense of paranoia that, that builds. And I think that's the thing to me that distinguishes it a lot from Alien is the distrust that the crew members feel for each other. I think that adds such a fun dynamic where it's not just us versus the monster. It's us versus us versus the monster. Yeah. Well, that's why I was saying when you said like, oh, it's the same formula, basically. I was like, and I see what you're saying now about alien. It essentially is like a bunch of people in in a location. There's an alien killing them off. But I thought that this like really added something original to it in the sense that, yeah, you have this double dilemma. You have this double threat of like, hey, not only is there this monster out there, but now and I love how the movie uh, takes that theme of like distrust and plays it up. I, I appreciate, I mean, you know, sometimes horror movies just kind of forget to have like a greater theme, <laughs> theme yeah. and it's just like, that's a scary thing. <laughs> and this one, I thought that like, it was a fairly modern uh, theme that we're kind of dealing yeah. with right now in society. And I was like, this is back in 19, 19- this is, 40 years ago well there's like mccarthyism and stuff right because mm. it's the 80s right. so the wall hasn't fallen yeah. so there's still all of this yeah. like, even, are you a communist is this a metaphor it's, well yeah it's supposed to be i mean even for the way, communism well i don't well, know if it's communism, communism but i think it, just, in terms of ex- trusting the other because yeah. i think the way that the thing is introduced is there's these foreign people chasing a dog and they're trying to kill it and but because of our distrust for them we assume that they're trying to kill us Right, uh, and so they killed the Norwegian yeah. scientists. But if they had just like Asked stopped and listened on. to what's going on, they could have killed the thing right there, and that would have been it. Right. Uh, but our inability to like trust other people is kind of the inciting incident in a lot of ways. Mm. And I, it's in some ways, though, it's almost like you could say they trusted the dog when they shouldn't have. This is also true. Yeah. Don't trust dogs. Yeah, <laughs> everyone thinks dogs are all good. Yeah that uh, that intro. Ever is, heard of wolves? <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I really like that intro. Oh, it's cool. Uh, I think it does a really good job of kind of being confusing in the way you're like, what, what's going on? Why are we watching people call wolves? Yeah, and they're like, Wait, yeah. oh no, they're uh, chasing this dog. This makes no sense. Uh, the grenade slip up oh, was kind of confusing. I was oh like, this is weird. Gosh, I had yeah. to rewatch it because I was like, wait, yeah, how same. did he drop the grenade? What the fuck? Yeah, he just and slips out of his hand. He does uh, wearing gloves. Okay. Sure, but it's still <laughs> also pretty like bad. why like, hucks it behind him, hucks behind him, and then he just like digs into yeah, the yeah. It's like the, why would like, you run away? But uh, I also was annoyed that the guy tried to yell at them in Norwegian. Like oh. why the the other person, the other person that was in the helicopter, he's like trying to yell at them to be like, don't like we don't. I don't know what he's saying, but he's like probably like, hey, it's a monster, yeah. don't trust it or whatever. But he's saying it in, in right. a language that they don't understand. But it's like. He's an, a scientist that's working in Antarctica. I'm guessing he has like a They're little bit of English. English. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I thought that was annoying. I watched um, the prequel as well. The prequel? Because the thing. The thing 2011. Oh, no. Because apparently oh, it's that's ca- a prequel. Apparently it's canon, too. Like, John oh. Carpenter has confirmed that it's canon. And so I wanted oh. to know, okay, how the hell does this actually, like, start, really? 
And so that's the last guy at the facility alive. And mm-hmm. then a helicopter shows up. They really shoehorned it in. But a helicopter <laughs> shows up as like backup. And he just gets in the helicopter. He's like, go chase that dog. We have to shoot it. Like, that's pretty much oh it. Gosh. And then they take off. So the pilot doesn't even really fucking know what's going on <laughs> either. Like, he might have told that's him so quickly stupid. in Norwegian. But how the hell does this guy know yeah, he's not batshit crazy shooting yeah. at some random Wait dog? a second. The, the prequel is... Canon. It covers the Norwegians. Yeah, it's the camp, um, the Norwegian camp. But they, but they speak English in the movie. Yeah, so there's like a few Norwegians, and then there's a few Americans as well. And then most of the Norwegians (laughs) speak English, except for one dude, and it's like a plot device that he doesn't speak English. Oh, and that's the guy? No, it's not. That's the worst (laughs) thing. Is it's not? I'm pretty sure that's not him. I'm pretty sure he dies. Oh my gosh! I could be wrong. That is hilarious. Yeah. Wait, is that the only other... Was there a thing too, like a sequel? There is a game that is technically a canon sequel as well. Oh, man, there's a whole thing cinematic universe. John Carpenter basically just is like, yeah, it's canon, even though they kind of contradict (laughs) each other. Like in the prequel, it sets it up so that the thing can't absorb um, like non-organic material. Mm. So that's the whole shredded clothes thing and stuff like that. But in the the prequel, they go on about how, uh, oh, if your fillings are in you, like... It can't absorb those, so it'll just spit them out somewhere. Oh. And then at the end of the movie, you can see um, that child still has an earring. Oh. In his ear. oh. But And the doctor has a nose ring. Yeah, the doctor has a nose ring, yeah. so it's like, I don't fucking... I don't know. But I didn't I didn't actually check to see, because at the end there, he's the one that kills... Or no, wait, is that Blair? Who kills um, when they're setting up the dynamite, and then uh, it's Nulls and Gary... Mm-hmm. And who who shows up? That's like the first time we yeah, really Blair. see like a yeah, Blair goes crazy, breaks everything. That's Blair that kills them. Pretty sure that. And do you think Blair, he's a thing yeah. from the beginning, or do you? Think I thought that... it looked like the doctor, but they they look very similar to me. Yeah, I know. There's a few guys that look like really similar. Two of the biologists or whatever. Yeah. Two of the. What did you say, Dave? Do you think that he's a thing from the beginning, or do you think that he like actually lost his mind and then Blair? Yeah. There's a few fan theories. I think that he was a thing from basically the beginning. Okay, so I need to say this now because we're talking, we're still talking about like what's good about the movie, but this is just like something that I'm so confused about and bothers me. The thing can copy DNA, yes, mm-hmm. and it can assimilate people and take their form. You didn't get it from that eight bit animation, yeah. Riley. Oh, <laughs> that was so I funny. Have a problem with that stupid. We have computer like too, a computer like, that just how the hell tells they do you that? stuff. How the hell did they have that in 1982 in yeah. Antarctica in a research station? They I think that, have that. They that's like, early enough in the lifetime of computers yeah, for people just to be like, animated. I guess the computers can do that. Yeah. Um, anyway, sorry, the thing can copy DNA and take your form. There's no way it would be able to convincingly act as a real human no there's no way like just ask it who the president is because it doesn't i Absorb mean like your, unless they're saying that it also absorbs memories and can stuff. yeah read your mind and then reconfigure your brain like but that's not well, how the brain works muscle memory bro it recreates your muscles i don't know i just like it's just like it doesn't even no, the movie doesn't even attempt to address that and they're just like okay this thing can you know, make its body look like a human. And even when they find, even when they find the guy outside in the snow and he's got the claw hands, they're just like, oh, he almost fully assimilated. But it's like his brain and his head looked like it was done changing but he he doesn't speak he just goes yeah, the spooky noise. yeah so i'm like but then we're supposed to believe that okay the thing can just look like a human and act totally convincingly as one of these crew members i thought it was weird that they don't address that because to me that's like the first thing my brain does is like well you just you talk to your friends you know these people really yeah. well like it would be pretty easy to tell yeah. the monster take them over but if they they could have handed it waved it away been like oh it just absorbs the brain and understands the neural pathway like, you, you can explain it away but right. they don't that's kind of why this movie isn't like an, a nine or higher for me is because there's too much hand waving that just gets taken care of by like aliens. Yeah. You know, oh, it's an alien, so it can do that. And, and he's I, like, okay. I do like that the movie just like immediately is like, it's an alien. Don't worry about totally. it. Totally. Right. <laughs> yeah. I appreciate that. And yeah. it's like, I, I'm also giving it some slack because it's from 1982. And obviously we've had many, many movies about a body assimilating aliens since then. Wait, was it the, was the thing the like the intelligent alien that came in the spaceship or was it like there was, was a experiment on there? I thought it was the intelligent thing that came on the yeah, spaceship. That's what I kind of thought too. 
Because they show that the hatch was open and that it crawled out. There's another problem I have with it, too. But it, like, crawled out, and then they find it away from the spacecraft, right? Hmm. Do you remember that part? They they find the hat. They they go like to the camp. <gasps> That's what that was. Yeah. Okay. So when they're in the Norwegian base, yeah. and they're like, "Hey, Doc, come look at this," and it's just like a block of ice. A, yeah, it's like a bunch. It's a squared configuration yeah. of ice of some kind. I'm just like, I don't know what the hell I'm looking at. Uh, is this like a? It looks like yeah. a big coffin or something, or there was like a, a, there was a, made a table. It was yeah. like the beginning of an igloo. I don't know what I'm looking at. So then, oh, that makes a lot of sense. The, the ship crashed, the alien cr- cr- crawled away from the wreckage, froze. froze, and then they took the whole block of ice that yeah. the alien was in. Ah! But the problem is, the crash is like several hundred meters down. Yeah. But that's... then the alien's like closer to the surface, and it's supposed to happen like a hundred thousand years ago. This is, you know, honestly, this is the problem. <laughs> a lot of a lot of sci-fi in particular horror movies, like if it's a non-sci-fi horror movie, you end up giving it some slack, I think, yeah. because you're just like, ah, whatever, it's a monster movie, we're just here, old, yeah. we're here to see this. But then when it's sci-fi, you know, the type of people who are getting into these movies are the sci-fi people, and they're asking these questions. Yeah. No. They're like, whoa, 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 wait a second. This is like the same issue that Linus had when we reviewed Lightyear last week, where if, when you, <laughs> when you make, you can make a kid's movie, you can make a horror movie at any genre, but once you make it a sci-fi version of that type of movie, then you're bringing in the lore heads. Yeah, you need to, some explaining. You're bringing in the nerds, then you're in trouble. And I think that's a, a weakness of this movie overall, is I think it would be a lot clearer on repeat watching, because like, you would be like, oh, that little detail was explained, but I don't think the movie does a good job uh explaining everything that's happening there's a few no. times I, I actually had to go back and that's really rare with a movie that i have to go back and be like what did he say or like well what, mm. why did that just happen right uh and i think for a lot of people that are probably like huge fans of this movie you've seen it 15 times so you're like oh it's right there it's super clear mm. but this is probably the first time i've watched it all the way through and i i found myself confused yeah that's that's really rare i watched like a lot of movies and i'm not often <laughs> confused i think i what were you confused about just like little details of like why a character would go where they're going or like why they would this yeah. is like little things I'm like why are they doing that or like see I think I I I I was so impressed by the first like half of the movie or or quarter or whatever that I think every time I saw a character doing something that I'm like that doesn't make any sense I chalk it up to you know this movie is suffering from people acting stupid in a horror movie syndrome sure. you know that's fair yeah but uh I I and I was disappointed uh, because I was like, oh, man, this this movie is almost like could have been something where you didn't have that kind of like bad trope. It's hard. It's hard. It's uh, you need people to make bad decisions so that the monster has a chance. In. And then you also need as an audience, you want a reason for why they lost. You don't want it to feel like they did everything they possibly could have done and then they still lost because that's not super satisfying either. Mm. Like you need to be like, ah, the lesson is. And they have, so they have to make a mistake. Yeah. But uh, I, I really don't like how nonchalant they are uh, are at the beginning. <laughs> they're really ca- they're really casual about all of it. They're just like chill. Yeah. The mon- especially the first time they see the monster, they're all just kind of like standing in a line like, whoa, yeah. man, that's crazy, dude. What the heck? <laughs> yeah. It's especially bad when they're on the couch and they're doing the blood testing stuff. Hmm. And they finally, like, he tests the blood and it's the thing. Yeah. And then they all just look at him. I can't remember who it reveals. Palmer. To Palmer, yeah. They all just look at him. Yeah. And they're like, blast him. Blast him, <laughs> Windows. Fire him up. <laughs> yeah. And he's just like, I don't know. But it's like, yeah. dude, you've seen this monster like four times yeah. now. Yeah. You've seen it fried like four times now. This shouldn't be, yeah. like, I get the first time seeing it. Sure, yeah. you got some action paralysis or whatever. But, like, come on. Come on. That's I, the hard thing with, with horror movies and all sci fi to a certain extent where. Linus talked about a bit about this last week where you have what we know, like what we would do. Yeah. yeah. Like we're seeing these characters do things and we're like, this doesn't make any sense. And it's frustrating <laughs> because all you got to do is just do the thing. So it, in, in that situation, it's the filmmaker's responsibility to set up the scenario such that we don't ask those, those questions yeah. where we can see that, oh, he couldn't do that because of this. There are reasons. But when they're just standing there and like, oh, it's yeah. like. 
I don't know, like have him say something or just like, oh, I don't know, man, that's my friend or something. You yeah, know, yeah, like you can do it. Have yeah. the blow the flamethrower once again have trouble igniting. <laughs> yeah. Like literally anything. Yeah. The nice thing is that the movie does such a good job on its spectacle right after. Like yeah. that transformation oh, of the dude to the edge of the edge of the couch. Yeah, that was a, it was wild. And that then was you're so just like scary. you're just <laughs> immediately like, I don't care about anything else. Holy shit, what the fuck's going on? Yeah. I honestly I expected to go in and look at the VFX and just be like, man, I think we've come so far since then. But the VFX, I mean, you mentioned it earlier, but like it holds up. Yeah. Like, uh, it's all, I mean, it's all practical obviously because they weren't really using CGI back then, but like, I I think I'm just particularly with this subject matter, like shape shifting, mutating organic things. Mm -hmm. And they managed to make it look really good with just like animatronics and practical effects and stuff. And like, I, I I watched a short interview with, with John Carpenter and, I forget who the guy was, but there was a there was another person involved who like kind of had the idea of doing this sort of like mutating alien thing, and it's like they were they were like this has not been done. This is new stuff in in the realm of horror and in mm-hmm. cinema at all, and uh, so like the film is groundbreaking in that regard, being able to depict this stuff that we would all like. Like we could do this no problem with CGI today, but it's not the same. And it wouldn't even be. I don't it's think. Bad. Yeah, it wouldn't be as shocking as. Then you get 2011's the thing. Yeah. It's oh, all, it's all CGI. Oh, it's a lot of CGI. Well, there's, yeah. And yeah, it's there's all just, not great. Yeah. Yeah. yeah like just ha- just knowing that it's real and seeing the real fluids and shit. Yeah. Like, yeah. Even I the think, autopsy when they kind oh of. Oh my open. God. There's so much. Yeah. There's so much. I think it's, it's even more than just the like impressive technical side of it. I think the artistry in the grotesque is like really impressive. Like, Cassie was going away. She did not want to watch this movie and she looked at it for one frame and it was one of the frames where her face is kind of split in two <laughs> yeah. and stretched. Oh, yeah. And she's like, like, she's like screamed and yeah. it was just like it's not the movement it's not that it's just like the design of yeah. what they're doing it's is good. so intense it was like really good like the like it looked i sort of believed that that could be a, a remains of a human totally you know and yeah. i think i wouldn't expect to think that in a movie from 1982 yeah. there's uh, a yeah i think there's a couple special effects the ones that are less good like the, i think the first time the dog's face peels back yeah i was like oh the color's off like the blood is just like a little bit like yeah. the, it's too red or something but uh, mostly, and it, it, even when it's bad, you're still like, that's pretty cool. Yeah. It's cool. I mean, and I'm not someone who like generally super enjoys this type of like gore and weird stuff in movies, but like I could, I think I was just like, I was just uh, admiring the craft. Yeah. I was like, damn, you guys did a good job. I'd love <laughs> was, to know what the percentage of budget is for mm. those special effects. Yeah. I don't know. The film, uh, I, I, it grossed three, 31, oh, 38 million budget altogether so i don't know what the vfx was but i had a similar situation where i started watching this movie at like 11 30 because i had a busy day and then at 12 45 my kid started waking he woke up and lauren went in to like but then he kept waking up after that he didn't go back to sleep right away so then she came out of the room at one point and it was just like this crazy stuff on screen i was like i'm get the remote just stop yeah I'm like, I don't want my two-year-old to... No, those are definitely the images. Definitely not going back to sleep after that. (laughs) He did eventually. Apparently that hurt it, too. Like, part of the the reason it didn't do so well at the start is because of how uh, sad the ending is Mm. uh, and the gore. It was really gory oh. for the time, even even with well, Halloween yeah. a few years ago. Right, um, that was bloody and violent, but it wasn't like gore. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It wasn't like head splitting. Open right. It's and, one thing to stab somebody a lot of times or something, and there's a lot of blood. It's another thing to take an organism and just like basically turn it inside out yeah. and have yeah. it turn into another thing. Oh, so weird. I love it. Yeah. Um, I wanted to say the dog was really good. Like I, yeah. I, th- I think that I was taken aback a little bit about how well at how well. The dog, like I'm like this dog is a good actor. The scene where <laughs> like, it comes out into the hallway. Yeah, yeah, it was really good. It like actually walks out the door and like looks like it looks around. Yeah, and then slowly wanders over to the shadow room. Or whatever. I was yeah. a little like it was. It's funny because that all makes sense. Um, that makes sense of the first few shots because that we start well. The first shot is the the UFO crashing or whatever. But then once we're we're in, which I thought was like, oh wow, we're just showing this yeah. UFO crash it right looks away. Like a stereotypical a, UFO. Yeah, flying it's, just, it's a flying saucer <laughs> from outer space. Um, and then we're like in our Antarctica and we see the dog uh, running, and then it cuts and the dog like looks back. And we see the helicopter coming and then we cut back to the dog and the dog then continues running. And I'm like, this almost seems like a shot that would be in uh, like a kid's movie yeah. where we're like, 
we're we're anthropomorphizing this dog, right? Where 100%. it's running and then it stops and wait, what's that? And it looks around. Oh, there's a helicopter. I better keep running. It's like a very human thing to do or conscious sentient being thing to do. And later I'm like, oh, that, that that's why is because the dog is an alien and it's not just a dog. And and after that, I love the characterization we get with like, there's a few scenes where the dog is just like walking through hallways and stuff yeah. and, and it walks up to the, the room and we see the shadow of the guy's head on the yeah. wall and it hesitates and then goes in. That's such a weird cut, though. Yeah. Yeah. It's like the dog turns to it, and he's like, hey, what? And then it, like, fades. There's so many fades. There's a lot of fades. Not a big fan of that. <laughs> yeah, I like that shot of the dog when he's hiding under the table, and he kind of looks kind of pathetic, but it's like there's something else to it. Like, there's a there's a menace to the dog. Yeah. And maybe it's just, like, the baggage, you know, like, this is a horror movie. There's something up with this dog. But, yeah, that dog is a great actor, man. Should have won an Oscar. It made me think about how horror has changed. Because I think that scene where the dog like walks up to the room and then goes in and then we fade, like that scene would look so much different if we did that today. Yeah. Like I think that like first of all, there was no music. Um second of all, it was just one shot. And like third, the the silhouette of the guy's head on the wall is just like like it seemed like Hitchcockian in the totally, sense. Yeah. It's just like yeah. Hey audience, there's a guy in that room. You can't see him because know, look at the shadow. You don't know who he is. Yeah, that's and, the whole plot. Yeah. Right? Yeah, you don't know which guy that is. Yeah. No. But like now, I'm just envisioning him like sitting in front of a desk, and there's like a light staring, <laughs> like <laughs> shooting upwards at him from. Yeah, yeah, it makes like, no sense. Anyways, but like yeah, if that was a modern movie, we'd probably have some like kind of like unsettling score. Totally. Maybe like a zoom in. Maybe like a slow kind of like yeah, dolly in behind the guy or something. I think this movie is delightful old school yeah. in the best ways where even for the first 10 minutes like there's not really much dialogue it's really right. all just visual you get mo- like all of the Kurt Russell characterization it's just things he's doing action uh, and I think that it works really well to build the pace uh, or to build the world in mm. which this is taking place and I think that it's really just like this movie is a pleasure to be in because it's just it's told visually and I really appreciate the I appreciate the. I don't know, I'm not making a point. Uh, <laughs> I'm like not circling point? around. I was making a point, but I kind of circled around. Bear, the general please take vibe. It out. Okay. Um, yeah, clap. Yeah, I just appreciate that the movie doesn't feel the need to explain things with words. It just shows you it, and it, right. and it helps you experience it that way. Yeah, I think that's what I was going to say about this style of filmmaking versus like the modern style, where you still we still have room for like. Uh, uh, uncertainty in mm. in modern movies, but I think that like this type of style where it's like there's there's minimal music in the beginning, there is like minimal use of like uh, cinematography where it's like more minimalist. I don't know. There's probably an actual minimalist cinematography style that someone's going to call me out. But anyways, <laughs> I like I like how it just kind of like lets you sit with a shot. It just like shows you the mm. dog sitting there. There's no music. It shows someone looking at the dog. There's no like movement in the camera. Yeah. And in some ways, I think that where we are today is a progression in terms of like evolving forwards to something better. Yeah. Because when you can sit in a theater and you are like, like everything's being crafted to like make you feel certain things and take you on this journey. Uh, I feel like we've, we've, we can do that better than they could back then. Mm-hmm. But there is a benefit to what they're doing back in 1982 where they're not making you feel anything I particular. Th- they're just like, Here's a bunch of things. You fill in the blanks. Yeah, I, yeah, 100%. I feel like back then you were more of a participant in telling the story in the sense that like mm. your your mind had to fill in the blanks. So you are creating the story. You're interpreting what's being told and creating something in your head. Right. Whereas now we are dragged around, <laughs> like um, manipul- <laughs> emotionally manipulated. Yeah. And I think you're right. In some ways it's better where like. I love that like visual. Like the fucking iron giant can like rip you around and make you cry <laughs> whenever the fuck it wants. Yeah, yeah. But. I think there's also like cinema has changed in a way that I think is less interesting. Like it's, it's almost like it's less artistic because there's less of you to put in it. Right. Uh, and it's more just like simple ideas yelled at you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Feel happy now. Yeah. But yeah. It, it fucking works, man. I cry so much in kids movies. Oh man. I can't Absolutely. stop. I can't stop. It's also getting older. I think that happens. That's true. <laughs> getting older as I have a prepubescent <laughs> voice crack. <laughs> Um. So you said that you never saw the movie all the way through. Poof? Not all the way through, but I, I'd skip some parts here and there. Um, it must have had an impact on you, though. Oh yeah, 
I uh, mean, this was always like one of the scarier movies growing up because of all the the body horror and stuff in it. Did you see the the like the first? Because I wrote down that first body horror scene where we like the dog is in the kennel. Oh yeah. Oh, that's also what I wanted to say about the dogs. Is that like the dog was a good actor, and then when he gets into the kennel, he's just sitting there staring at the wall. Yeah. And I was like really scared for those yeah. other dogs. Barely anything was happening. Yeah. But it, it works a lot. But that first scene was just mind blowing. Spooky. Do you know what's one of like my favorite things in this movie? It's kind of some, I guess, body horror thing is when they're walking through the Norwegian base and there's like the guy who's slit his wrist and the blood's yeah. frozen and it's like blood yeah. sickles. Yeah. So cool. He just killed so himself. Cool. I was he, confused because his whole throat was cut. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. he slit his wrist and his throat. Yeah. He's not fucking Impressive. Around. That's <laughs> he's like, yeah. Like, he's not, really not, wants to yeah. die. Definitely <laughs> making this happen. Yeah. I like that whole scene. I think that the I don't think the movie has great sets. I think that's one mm-hmm. of the weaknesses. Like the the their base is kind of unremarkable. It like feels like it's like the basement of a warehouse, and they filmed it cheaply and yeah, I whatever. looked it up. They filmed in Juneau, Alaska, for parts of it, okay. and then parts of BC as well. There's a couple small towns, okay, um, and then LA. Yeah, but uh, I think the exteriors are are good. Yeah, but I found yeah, kind of just unremarkable. But the the Norwegian base was the one highlight of like a space that really felt intimidating. Oh, okay, yeah, um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Well, I was asking myself, like, why do these guys have so many freaking explosives? Yeah. It just seems like like the whole station is pretty nondescript. It's just like a bunch of hallways and stuff. Like, we know there's a rec room. We know there's a radio room. Yeah, no. But, like, inside, it's really not distinctive. Like, that's the kind of thing that you get in, like, an alien or, or a, 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 like, a sci-fi movie where you can have these kind of, like, wild-looking ships and stuff. Yeah. I found, I found it interesting because <clears throat> I think I like the buildup of this movie, but I was surprised they don't take the time to really tell you what they're doing there. Like, what's the purpose of that station? They don't need to, though. I, I feel they're like... They're just Antarctica I, researchers. To me, I think that you could do a little bit of um, characterization of the individual people and kind of give you an assessment of what they're good at. Right, uh, sure. Because the movie kind of... They all eventually just kind of are the, not the same person, but they serve the same yeah. purpose. And it would be interesting if you could, like playoff dynamics of like instead of having like three doctor dudes and like one of them kind of dies right away but then you know like they kind of just do their thing you can have like interesting different characters and like they have another objective that they have to work and like maybe if they can connect the thing they were working on before with this new idea they can save themselves and like there's i think a missing dynamic uh with the world or that station that they could have maybe just made it feel more epic right they kind of they do it a little bit like clark's the dog handler Mm -hmm. and he's always handling the dog um, I like that actor. Yeah, and he was kind of a red herring too, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, you you assume he's that the he's thing, yeah. and then oh, all of a sudden he's not. I never thought he was the thing. Really? I just thought he was like maybe a bit unstable. Mm. So I went in like thinking that any contact with the thing can turn you into the thing, oh. and so as soon as he like rubs his hand all over the dog, yeah. and they make a big show of it too. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, that's. Uh, so I was like, oh, okay, he's the thing. If we get into lore, it's like he sh- the technically yes, <laughs> if he touches the dog, Apparently he should the be. The thing can choose when to infect. People I don't know. I think that makes sense. So the, the the thing is intelligent enough to know like yeah. this is a a bad time to to make myself known, but but yeah, they could be better to infiltrate. I yeah, I mean, I wish I, that's for, an, like, that's another problem that I have. Sorry to cut you off, but what's the thing's objective? To escape. Yeah, but like it could have done a better job, I think, escaping. Like at one point, it feels like it's like it's trying to kill people. Yeah, I mean, I think that I don't know if it wants to escape as much as it wants to just kind of take over. Yeah, take over the earth, and it's trying to be strategic because of it. If it because it takes clearly, I guess it does. It takes time to assimilate something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it can't just like go up to you and like blah, 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 and I got you. Although at the end, it's kind of what he does. Well, that's what I assumed. I assumed that. That end, part of the end of the movie was going to be like when you see the, his own little mini flying saucer like oh yeah. he he that's all he wants is to get away like if we just took a second and like didn't try to kill it maybe maybe we could communicate. But that like, was so weird. So like sorry no, we talked no, no. about this earlier but I forget what we what we decided on was Blair infected from the beginning he must have he, it, how makes, else would he have time to build that it, he must be that yeah that part really bugged me um, like first of all how did he tunnel through all that ice and snow. Right. Even if he's an alien and the thing, there is like no piles of snow anywhere around the cabin or anything. You can't just scoop out snow and it goes nowhere. Even if he melted it. it. (laughs) Yeah, like something's got to happen because that's like a big cavern he carves out. You could melt it. No. Where does I don't know, man. Where does all the water go then? There'd be ice all over everything. Snow snow and ice are uh, more 
less dense than water. I, I know. Okay. But like, just want to make sure that was a big tunnel he carved out. It was. <laughs> like, that's my problem. Yeah. If it was like a little hole or something, yeah. or he like tunneled out of the shack somewhere, right? Yeah. I'd be like, sure. Well, clearly, I guess he could get the door open when he wanted to. I guess so. Yeah, because he steals parts from the helicopter to make mm. the flying yeah. saucer. Um, yeah. But yeah, I didn't but, mind him making the flying saucer and stuff. But I was like, how the fuck did he? tunnel all this it just right make so sense. okay so that answers the question the thing definitely is the intelligent f- life form not, yeah not, not like an experiment he can or create stuff yeah so definitely i wish that there was a, t- uh, the, a one point in the movie where they try to like commu- it tries to communicate or they try to communicate with it yeah i yeah. Think could i i also think they could have done a really bad job and it makes it kind of cheesy where it's like uh, what do you want you yeah what do you want Go home. Yeah. <laughs> Consume. Yeah, exactly. Like that, that could make it way stupider. But uh, feeling peckish. Yeah, I, I, and I appreciate this movie's single-mindedness, but I think that's why I'm giving it somewhere in the sevens. Is it's missing a little bit of dimensionality. Yeah. For me. Yeah. I mean, I really liked it, and that's though. why. Yeah, I did like it. I think that's why it's hard because I know that if this was a modern movie, it would be like, okay, you're missing all these things. But because it's from 1982, I'm giving it yeah. the slack because I think that. It did a lot of things for the first time. Um, I will say I don't love all the characterization. Some of them are like kind of intense, like the stoner dude on <laughs> <laughs> like a research base. Like really, everyone's just cool with this dude smoking on There's duty. A people. I would, I could during, imagine that. I mean, during, you're in it was an, the 80s. You're in Antarctica. Yeah. You know, it's like I don't know. There's like a military man and yeah, but people it, smoke it, weed it, in the to military. Me, to like, me, I true. think part of it yeah, was no. my problem with this base not feeling like a fully realized yeah. base. And so it felt like, oh, they just wanted a bunch of caricatures to, f- to fill out the cast, yeah, which like, is fine. Who was, who was, well, the, he was the cook, wasn't he? Was, was yeah, it sure. Rawls. I think, Rawls. No, I think it's Nalls. Oh, Nalls. Yeah. Sorry. I think he was the cook. So it kind of like makes sense. He's the cook that smokes weed on the I base. Did, and, I liked some of the characterization in the yeah. beginning. Like I did feel like in the beginning when we were being introduced to somebody to, to, to each of them, they had sort of distinct personalities. Yeah. And there's um, so many of them that the fact that you can kind of remember yeah, them. Yeah, that was impressive. Because I was like, this guy always has headphones on. Yeah. <laughs> this guy's wearing roller, roller skates. skates. <laughs> this guy's the stoner. One. Also, the I, and then there's the sunglasses guy who yeah. is always wearing sunglasses. Yeah. <laughs> Why? And then Kurt Russell's hat. That's going to be one of my hit picks and nitpicks. Are we into hit picks and nitpicks? Yeah. I think so. Nitpicks. Honestly, the hat was the highlight of the movie for me. Pretty wild. <laughs> I was like, it looks practical, like the rim of it, sure, but then just that giant, like, 10 liter. Yeah, I was like, what? I, Lauren got a little sick of me commenting on it because it shows up like three or four times. And I, every time it shows up, I'm just like, ah, what is with this hat? I love his hat. What's going on? Well, it's hard to because it's, I think the matte painting of that ship in that, in that scene is amazing. It looks so cool. Oh, the perspective, yeah. like, and they're crawling down to it. Like, it looks fantastic, but then yeah. it gets back to a close up of Kurt Russell and he's in his stupid, like, like cartoon lump, like a prospector hat. Yeah, uh, I was like, you look like a you look like a food product mascot or yeah. something. Like, what's going on here? Um, and you see it first <laughs> when he gets in the helicopter and they go to check out the Norwegian base and it's like, all right, we better go check it out. I'm a tough military heli- <laughs> helicopter pilot. pretty bad up there, McCree. Yeah. <laughs> I don't all right. care. Okay, but before I head out, let me put on my goofy hat. <laughs> I don't go anywhere without my goofy hat. It almost necessitates like a sound effect when he puts it on. <laughs> 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 Like and I think was it sideways? I think that's like the point is that it keeps shit out of your eyes. I guess I don't but know. But he's wearing it know. sideways, so it's not going to keep anything. I'm guessing it's like actually really practical, but it, yeah. it was definitely a little bit silly. Looking. Someone's going to be in the comments being like, "That's actually a blah I'm blah sure. hat. <laughs> it first invented by." Let I'm, us gu- know. I'm guessing that it's like yeah, someone was <clears throat> actually using it in Antarctica. Yeah, uh, along the same line of things that go on people's heads, uh, that military dude's wig. Is really bad. Which one? The Gary? Oh, Moffat or whatever. Um, Moffat, yeah. There's something about Wait, who's like, Moffat. He's the commander of the yeah, station. The guy who shoots the, the pistol on his hip guy. all the time. That's Gary. Gary. Who's Moffat? That's the actor name. Gary. Oh, okay. Sorry, yeah. Um, his wig is awful. I mm. I can't remember the last time I've seen a worse wig in my entire life. It's funny. I didn't notice. I it didn't at all. notice his wig. It's at like all. just like he always his eye. His eyebrows are just pure gray white. But then he has like it's like a solid color like brownish yellow. I think that's but, just like, his the hair. hairline is wacky. Oh, shit. I don't I know, bro. <laughs> I don't know. I need I need someone with a wig dark. I don't to know. Tell Look me. at him. It's like his, that's his hair's like his dark hair. and his eyebrows are white. I don't know. Maybe maybe he got shocked when he was a boy and it stayed that way. 
<laughs> and it's my possible. eyebrows turned white. Well, then maybe I'm just a judgmental prick. I didn't love his that actor though. He was like he didn't really work with the rest of the. He didn't seem like the commander of the station. No. Yeah. He like seemed. At all. Yeah. He really like, just wimpy. takes over, and it's like you have a station commander. What the. F- and I did kind of appreciate that dynamic, though, where it's like, okay, you're a station commander, but you're not like a hardened guy. You know, yeah. you just kind of like moved up the ranks, and so you got to sign this. But like McCready is the on the ground boots guy, where he's like, yeah, I love. I'm the, the guy scene. you call when something goes wrong. I love the scene too when they are like, oh, we'll do the blood test, and they run to like the blood fridge, like, oh, we yeah. have like the untainted blood, and then it's been it's been sabotage, and they're yeah. like, it's either the doctor or it's this guy, and they're like, it's not me, and he's like, no, it's not yeah. me. I, that was really fun, and I like. The the way he played it, I thought was good. Where his wimpiness and backing down, you almost are like believed him more. You're mm-hmm. like, oh yeah, you know, like I actually believe that he didn't do it because he's so pathetic right now. Right, <laughs> right. But that, yeah, and that was a great setup too because you're like, it it kind of made you think that there was no way that either like at least one of these guys is the thing, yeah. you know, and. It was like, what do you do in that situation? They're standing right there in front of you talking to you and they could be like a murderous alien. But like, what do you, like, I just, I just, it's, it's, it's so great. I mean, yeah. that's the whole movie. In oh, a yeah. nutshell, All the Mexican but... standoffs are super fun. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh. I um, love the, the blood testing scenes. Oh, it's good. I think they're so fun and the tension is so high yeah, right. and you're like, I have no idea. And it, it only one person, I guess, is discovered through yeah. the blood testing. But when it jumps, it's like the one of the best jump scares I've seen yeah. in a long time. It's like sh- you're. I I was shook. Sorry, when you do you mean when the blood? <laughs> yeah, jumps? when the blood yeah. jumps. Yeah, yeah. I was like, ah! When it starts moving, yeah. Yeah. I was like, that's a little. <laughs> so wait, the 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 cells, the individual cells, can like move towards stuff. Like, you, did you see the animation, Riley? <laughs> <laughs> the what? The animation, the the Atari. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah sorry, no, yeah, I forgot about cells, that. They take over oh, the other cells. Sense. Um, oh, I sense. was confused about Childs, uh, his rivalry, Max rivalry with Childs, because he's like, oh, give who, you know, Gary gives up his gun, and he's like, okay, someone else should be in charge or whatever, and Childs is like, I'll do it, and Mac- McCready's like, no, someone's more like you need someone more even tempered. But up till that point, we hadn't seen really Childs seen. be weird. Yeah, you so don't then see I was like, whoa, what? Maybe delete a scene. Was that racism? What is this? Well, <laughs> I no, honestly, I th- I asked that question because be. I was like, what? Why? What reason do you have for calling him even tempered? And then after it shows that they have a rivalry, they don't they don't trust each other already. But like, I just it was it, it was, was weird. a weird. Yeah, yeah. I was like, was there anything in the movie for us to see him lose his cool or anything? But no, maybe in the deleted scenes. Yeah. After that, I love the characterization of the rivalry, especially in that blood testing scene, because yep. he's like, "Just fucking do it, man!" Like, yeah. uh, like I guess we'll see. Like, yeah. <clears throat> um, and then I, I like how that's kind of set up, and then at the end, they're the two survivors, and they have to kind of overcome it. There's like a little bit of an arc there. Yeah. Not much. No, I don't think there's too much arc. But a lot of horror movies don't. It's just like no, slowly one like we're not whittling down yeah. the numbers, and then which that's character it. grows the most in this movie? The thing. The thing. (laughs) (laughs) Physically and emotionally. Uh, Exactly. Big nitpick is how quickly they extinguish the fires in this movie. Yeah. They're like, we're like, let something on fire. (laughs) Put it out. Put it out. 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 Let it it burn. Especially after they show that like it can come back. Like what the fuck? Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Burn it to a crisp. We need to burn this entire station to the ground or at least toast it a little. Cook it, you know. It smells nice. Yeah, I had a big. Don't overdo it. With the dude who uh, gets caught with a flare or whatever, they come outside. I can't remember who it was, but they come outside and he's just burnt to a crisp. But all you see is like clothing, pretty much. Yeah, and what? it's like a flare lit him on fire and then burnt him to. That was so weird. Nothing. Yeah, like, they should have found a charred corpse or something. I don't know. Yeah. I was so confused about that. Yeah, I'm like, and and also, why are they always using flares outside instead of flashlights? Like, well, shouldn't they just have like crazy powerful uh, flashlights? I was gonna say, I one of my hit picks is shout out to modern flashlights. Kind of outside yeah. of this movie, it's those like, flashlights uh, flashlights sucked back then. Right, yeah. right. It was just like bad incandescent. Also, like, flares are kind of badass. They yeah. look good. Oh, for oh, sure. Oh, and they sure. look so good in the sense, shot man. with uh, where they burn uh, bannings or whatever. Yeah, that shot, that's that one of my favorite shots in the so movie. Good. When they're yeah. in a circle around him and yeah. they light him on fire. Yeah. yeah, and they're just like, man. That whole sequence. Oh, it's so I good. Love, yeah, I love how it makes hands. hands. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's so creepy. <laughs> it's not overdone. I think this, that's no. one of the things that this movie does is it just finds the balance of like almost becoming campy, but then just like pulling back at the last second. And yeah. it's always like unsettling. But entertaining and tense. Right. Uh, but it's just a good time. Hit pick for me is uh, 
after Blair has his whole freak out and tries to trash all the radios and stuff, mm. he's inside the sh- he's inside the shed, and he's just like, "Listen, I'm being reasonable here, okay? <laughs> I'm not gonna harm. Look, it's out of my system now. All right, just let me out. It's chill. I'm cool now." <laughs> they're like, "You could be the alien, though." He's like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, yeah." But listen. It's 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 fine. It's all good. <laughs> yeah, that was. I promise, I'm not. The, I'm not just the thing. And it's interesting now because with our knowledge that, wait, he that is. was the thing yeah. talking. Huh. I'm so confused. Was he the thing talking, or was he just so. kind of like infected a little bit? I think bit? he was infected. You from can be infected. Early. I don't think so. I think I, it does both. I think it does. It does this whole like absorption thing, and then creates a new body. But then it can also just get some blood on you, and then you're infected. I think that's kind of like the consensus. Is that's how it works? It's got to be. Okay. I think. Yeah, I think so. Um, All right. But it be, yeah, it presents problems, right? Because you're like, well, how long does it take to get infected? Do you know that you're being infected, or if it takes you over that way instead of the like super fast, I'm going to grab you and absorb you way? Yeah. Like, does that? have any problems like i don't know i don't know this is the they weren't they weren't ready for the internet yeah (laughs) they weren't ready for the internet dissecting every little tiny thing um also a hit big for me is just watching mac like have the dynamite you see at one point he has a dynamite a flamethrower and a gun and he's got it all like he's like some of it's strapped to him and he's like carrying the flamethrower and got the gun in the other hand and he's got the blood vials and the wire like he's just like but like i love that because He's ready, you know, like, oh, yeah. this is what I got to do to survive. Like, I'm not going to put down my thing over there and walk over here. I got to have it all on me at all times. He's always a badass in every John Carpenter movie he's in. <laughs> yeah. He's in a lot of John every, Carpenter films. <laughs> every, horror, every horror movie should just have people, like, walking around with giant piles of things that they think <laughs> will keep them alive. <laughs> a, a bowl. Why do you have that? You never know. You never know. <laughs> always be prepared. <laughs> I really um, liked the keyboard that Blair uses during the simulation. <laughs> it just looks really cool. Oh, yeah. Like a good keyboard. <laughs> yeah, like that whole scene is just like computer monitor showing yeah. stuff, Button. cut to keyboard. <laughs> back to Yeah, back to computer. <laughs> I predict, I, computer, predict that watch yeah. out for the alien to come and it'll kill people. <laughs> oh, no. The computer predicted. I can do the simulation that we never would think that we need here at all. And I programmed it in two seconds. Yeah. And then Jeff Bridges from Tron materializes out of the computer. He's like, I would you I have to tell you something. I figured something out. <laughs> Just like it would work. Um one thing that was interesting to me is how, and I don't know whether this is just kind of like a things that have changed in in style or whatever, but the guys resigned themselves to their fate at the end with very little protest. Yeah, they blow up the thing like, this yeah. is it. Yeah, they're just like, you know, I don't think we're going to make it out of here alive. We might as well set some explosives. And they're like, okay. And then they're just yeah. going around. He's like, all right, Palmer, you go or you go over there. Like, uh, Niles, you go over there, blah, blah, blah. And they're just kind of doing it. And they're not really, there's no conversation about like, oh, so this is it. You know, it's like, oh, man. And they're like reflecting on their lives. How do they get out? Thinking about mortality. How do they get out, though? What do you mean? Well, like at that point, like you're fucked. No, no I'm no, saying that normally be fucked, human beings think about, about a little bit, yeah, we sure. are unique among animals, you see, for our ability to recognize that we're going to die someday. Yeah. So then these guys, I'm saying this is like kind of weird to have a group of humans not really think about the fact at all or talk about the fact that like we're, we're going to die now. I feel yeah. like they're just resigned to their fate at that point. There's It's Antarctica in the middle of winter, or the start of winter. <laughs> they're just tired. There's there's no helicopter anymore. Yeah. There's no even, like, a tractor. That's all gone. Yeah, they haven't been able to radio they, anybody. The radio's yeah. fucked. Yeah. They, they couldn't radio anyone before, now it's destroyed. I agree. 100% where, like, logically, I think you can explain it, but I think it's a it's one of those just, like, you could have given a little more sure. dimensionality yeah. to the movie Couple by lines having to just... each of yeah. them be like, oh, okay, I guess this is yeah. it. Yeah, I'm inclined to say it's not so much style as it is a directorial Missed up, sure. Yeah. Like nothing against John Carpenter. Clearly, he's a he knows uh, how to he's build a genius. Framing device. But um, <clears throat> and he also writes a bunch of his own music. Yeah, he's a multi-talented is, yeah. man. Weird. Morricone did the soundtrack for this one, though. Who? Oh. Ennio Morricone. He does the spaghetti westerns. He did the oh. good, bad, the ugly. Yeah, the good, bad, and the ugly. Oh, nice. He's pretty famous. What did he do recently? What Tarantino movie did he do? Oh, I don't know. Uh, he did one of the good ones. Um, <laughs> I don't love Tarantino. Don't worry. No. He's one we of the good ones. Uh, Any more hit picks, nit picks, guys? Oh, what else did I like? I just like seeing young Keith David. And it's yeah, all, yeah, it was me, cool. I love I, Keith I David. I know him as an old man. And he's such a great voice actor. I've yeah. seen, like, I've, he's in some stuff, but mostly voice acting. But hearing even just his voice as a young man versus where he is now, I'm like, 
maybe there's hope for me one day. Yeah. <laughs> He's, He's got a regular such a voice, distinctive then, voice. I don't know. Like, even as a man, it's like a distinct voice, but it just gets so much like richer as he got older. Yeah. I mean, I've never seen him this young before. So like, I was like, I didn't know he was Keith David until he started talking. And I was like, hey, what? Is that Keith David? He will always, the, 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 uh, the role that I recognize him the most for will always be the Mass Effect commander yeah guy. oh yeah yeah anderson no yeah commander anderson yeah uh, captain think, anderson commander anderson i don't i don't know his title commander shepherd i think it's anderson though yeah commander shepherd admiral he was definitely not shepherd colonel well, no. lieutenant <laughs> one other thing i really liked was uh how after george gets shot um he like he's like hey what's going on like what and then the guy just leaves a bottle of whiskey or something next to him and he just takes a drink while looking around <laughs> laying on the ground with his leg shot up <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah that was a good shot uh that's a pun oh uh, um Come oh hit pick for me is just the line when <laughs> when they they decide they want to go check out the norwegian base and then McCready comes out. Or they go get McCready, and he's like, oh, "Okay, I, you know, he doesn't really want to do it." But they're like, "We got to do it. You know, we got to check it out." And he's like, "Ah, oh, man, you really want to save those crazy Swedes, yeah. don't you?" And he's like, "Norwegians." <laughs> and he calls them Swedes at a, a different point times, too. Yeah. I'm pretty sure Hell on Wheels has a Norwegian guy, and they call him Swedish the entire show. And I'm pretty sure it's. A, I never like connected the dots until watching this again. I mean, yeah. Sorry, uh, sorry, Nordic people from Nordic countries. You you all blend together to us. All right. It's just it's just it's just how it works. All white people. They just Sweden. Look, they just look alike. Norway, Denmark. There's another one. I yeah, know. I was kind of caught up in, I was trying to find the Tarantino Ennio Marconi thing. Oh, what was it? Uh, it's Hateful Eight, which is surprising. Oh. I, don't, I don't like that movie. Uh, he's used a lot of his music in movies, kind of as sure. cues or samples or whatever. Uh, apparently, Ennio Marconi hates Tarantino. Really? Called oh, him a no. cretin. Oh, jeez. Wow, <laughs> probably for sampling all this stuff. <clears throat> that was in English. Jeez, I think it's cretin, but okay. I, who I knows? You. Um, that's, uh, well, I can understand that. <laughs> him, we, call, him calling James Tarantino a cretin. Him, so. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's like, hey, that's slam. Um, one, one thing about the base that's actually really nice compared to the 2011 thing that's supposed to be a prequel is in the 2011 movie, it's really timeless. Like nothing looks like it's in the 80s. It just oh. looks like a research base, and like all their stuff looks new. It all looks they tried a little bit, oh, yeah. but not at all. Well, if you look at this movie and you rewatch it, there's like the old books. The chess wizard, the computers, Even the servers, the, yeah, the, super the old. roller skates, the headphones, like right. every, everything looks like it's from the eighties because mm-hmm. it was. I I feel like because I was comparing this to Alien in my head a lot, I found myself craving more like boldness in the set. Like uh, mm-hmm. Alien is very like seventy late seventies early eighties, but it has this like aesthetic that works now as well. Whereas like if you were like Tell me, tell me about the design choices of the thing. I'd be like, I don't fucking know, man. Yeah. Like, whereas, yeah, and it's kind of crazy in terms of sets. In terms of set, yeah, or yeah. or in like, yeah, everything outside of the monster. It's just kind of like, yeah, yeah. Oh. It seems like they like completely focused on the monster. Yeah. Whereas That's I was it. when I think about the alien, yeah, the, the computers. I can picture what the computers look like. So I can picture how the set feels. Yeah. All this. Honestly, like this is the kind of stuff. And as a comparison, I feel like I'll bring up Lightyear where we, I don't know if we even talked about this very much, but like Lightyear's set design and the the, the design of like the things in the movie, the ships, the the vehicles, the whatever, the suits, they look really, really good. No. But everything else is kind of lacking. No. So it's like, it's it, I think people, they, they can um, underestimate how important that stuff is. Because if you have a solid movie, like The Thing, if this had like, alien levels of production design interesting set yeah. design yeah and and whatever props and yeah production design you'd be like okay i yeah. i like i feel like i'm sucked more into this world but as it is i'm just kind of like it's yeah. like you went to a warehouse and just shot a bunch of guys running around with flamethrowers i like how ordinary it is yeah because when i think of an antarctic research base in the 80s it kind of looks like that i will say yeah i i do agree with you there where it's like it 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 adds something to the movie but I think it would have been better if it was more distinctive, you yeah, know? Sure. I, I like... Made it, make, it, like, make it look as if you've intentionally made it look boring instead of unintentionally. 
Yeah, like they needed to use more of the sets, like the rec room and stuff, more um, recognizable ones. Yeah, not just like cement wall. Yeah, hall, here's a hallway. Here's a yeah. single room. <laughs> when they it breaks through the wall into the outside, oh, yeah. and you're like, you're telling me this is Antarctica, <laughs> and the, you've, you're using like cardboard walls you to separate us through. <laughs> People smash through glass so many times in this movie. Yeah, they're just like we're yeah, it's like an Antarctic base, and we're just like. Psh, psh, psh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, when he shoots him through the window at the start of the movie, I'm like. What the fuck are you doing? You got a he just punches the window now. out it's first. Win- it's winter in Antarctica. Yeah. It's gonna be minus And they never address like this. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Single plane glass. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like we made this research station base with sugar glass entirely. <laughs> um, huh. Okay. John, John Carpenter has more on his discography list than his filmography. Whoa, list. really? Wow. Because yeah. he's got a lot of films he's written or directed. Now's, That's what I thought, though. And I always appreciate his... I appreciate his, like, scrappiness, you know? Yeah. All his movies always feel like... Practical. Just a, dude, just a dude making a movie with his buddies. Yeah. He, he definitely, like... The, it gives off the feeling of, like, passion. Oh, someone man. who's yeah. just, like, into making movies, Big you know? Trouble in Little China. Yeah, they live. Escape from L.A. and New York. Yep. Christine? I haven't seen any of these. See? Ghost, of Mars? Ghost of Mars? Ghost of Mars. <laughs> Ghost of Mars is bad. I have a soft with spot Ice for that Cube? movie. I have a soft spot for that movie. That it's not good. I don't recommend it. So I... I I read the synopsis while I was preparing for this podcast because I'd never seen that movie, but uh, I like I recognized the title a little bit, and I was like, "This sounds like the dumbest movie uh, yeah, really, I've ever heard." Of. It really fucking is. Um, I think we should do. Do we have anything else we want to talk about no, now? I playing think... or well, Ploof. Thanks for coming. Yeah, thanks, yeah, man. Thanks for having me. It's How was a... your experience? It was good. I love this movie. Um. And I love you guys. Oh, you that's so nice. Uh, and we love you, especially when you tweet at us at TJM Pod on Twitter. And what else, David? Hello at they're just movies.com. You is it com or dot ca? Hello at they're just movies.com. Dot com. Dot com. We don't we, we got the we got the US. I want to gov. UK. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and uh, yeah, come back next week to uh, ta- hear us talk about Stranger Things Season 4, Volume 2, which is coming out this, well, I mean... Friday? Yeah. yeah. I, I forget when do, the do, episode's do, released. Do, do, do. I was like, there Two was days the Stranger Things theme. It's like... Something. Hey! Alright, love you. See you later. Something.